Hey, beautiful divine beings of planet Earth, what a privilege and honor to be with you once again. I hope that wherever you are, you are doing well, that you are healthy, happy, and everyone you love is safe and doing well. We've got a tremendous episode of the show for you today. We have Dr. Shamini Jane on, and we are talking about biofield science and the future of health. This is a phenomenal episode. We go into a lot of topics. We talk about understanding biofield science, uh, biofields between people, understanding prana and chi, light and sound therapy, what the biofield is, the science of placebo, the power of expectation, the healing keys, uh, the vagus nerve, the vital force, and uh, going beyond feeling of your desires, embracing fear and trauma, and so much more. The show notes in this are awesome. It's a phenomenal episode. I know you're going to enjoy it. And if you like it, please share it as far and as wide as you can. Even if that's one share on your Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever you have social media, if you have a blog, anything to get it out there. The censorship is very, very intense. Um, but oddly enough, the show is still getting out there. And that's because uh, of you sharing it. So uh, thank you so much for those who are sharing. Please take a moment to leave a review in iTunes. That also helps helps. And uh, if you want to become a patron, uh, they have deleted my Patreon. So if you want to go to mattbelair.com and join the membership, you could do so for free or by donation, and you're never going to miss an episode. And you also support this show. I do it for you guys. And uh, you are what keeps this thing running. So I appreciate any and all support, um, you know, thrown this way. So thank you guys so very much. Uh, I want to thank this episode's sponsor, Pure Body Extra Heavy Metal Detox. Uh, this is the best heavy metal detox that I am aware of. It works fantastic. And if you want to try them out and get a bottle for $50 off, um, it only comes at 13 bucks. You can go to thegoodinside.com forward slash Matt B, M-A-T-T, B, and you will get a bottle of the heavy metal detox. I am using that with their green drinks. Um, it's a very easy protocol and also clean water. Um, I'm not the, the master of health, but however, that simple protocol really does help me. It keeps it simple and I do my best to eat clean. So if you want to check them out, they're a phenomenal product and a phenomenal company and super excited, super excited to have them as a sponsor. Uh, for those of you out there who really are looking for community, you're looking for a world of like-minded people. You want to live your life purpose. You want to increase your connection with spirit. You want accountability. You want tools. You want training. And most importantly, a beautiful environment. Uh, hit me up at mattbelair.com forward slash coaching. I'd love to work with you, invite you into the Atomic Alchemy Mastermind community. Uh, we'd love to have you in there. And there's also tools and training for those of you who are looking to connect with your life purpose. You're in a transition. You want to overcome mental blocks, limiting beliefs, and learn how to become the master of your mind and body and spirit so you can create in this realm on purpose in a very powerful way. Um, check out the training in the Soul Compass. Check out the Quantum Heart Hypnosis or just hit me up with the general inquiry, matt at zenathlete.com. I am very easily accessible. So just send me an email and would love to hear from you and work with you. Um, the best way you can support the show as always is to do three kind actions wherever you are on the planet. And that's it. So let's get into today's episode. I appreciate you guys very much. Um, check me out on Telegram because Instagram and all those other spots are getting deleted as well um, but we're doing what we can to get the word out there and uh, never gonna quit so thanks so much um, let's come into a state of peace and coherence wherever you are in the world just stop what you're doing take in a deep breath in through your nose hold that breath and let it out slowly filling every cell every muscle and every fiber of your being with peace joy contentment enthusiasm power faith courage and get ready to enjoy this absolutely phenomenal episode with dr shamani jane hello and welcome to the mastermind body and spirit show i'm your host matt belair as you know we are currently overcoming extreme censorship if you want to support this show please share the episodes far and wide go to mattbelair.com and become a member but most importantly consider doing three kind acts wherever you are in the world today. Today's guest is a psychologist, scientist, and social entrepreneur. She is the founder and CEO of the Consciousness and Healing Initiative, a collaborative accelerator that connects scientists, health practitioners, educators, and artists who help lead humanity to heal ourselves. Her pioneering research in meditation Biofield Healing and Psychoneuroimmunology has been featured in Time, U.S. News, and World Report, and CNN. She is the author of the book, Healing Ourselves, Biofield Science, and the Future of Healing, 
Welcome to the show, Dr. Shamani Jan. Hey, Matt. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you. I'm so excited to dive into this because your book is very intriguing. It does feel like it is the future of health and healing. And um, I, I want to just get started with you sharing a little bit about your background, how you got into this, and then let's dive into the book and some of the stuff you put in there. Yeah, you bet. I mean, in a nutshell, I think like many people, I felt the nature of vibration and its strength, you know, at a very young age, I'm a singer. And so it started with me kind of there. And as I went through, you know, some of the best universities in the country, I quickly learned that when we wanted to explore things like vibration, consciousness, healing, those were sort of relegated to what we called religion and not necessarily science. And I didn't really understand that. You know, just to give you some background, it was like in the 90s when I was at Columbia University as an undergraduate studying neuroscience, and they said the brain didn't change after age seven. And it was like, what? You know, how how do we know that, right? We, we really didn't know that, but yet we were making those assumptions. And back then, you couldn't even really talk about consciousness or healing. At that time, I wanted to actually study music and music therapy, and even that was considered controversial. So we've come a long way, and what I've learned in my journey of exploring healing is I'm not the only one interested in this area. One of the reasons we founded our nonprofit, the Consciousness and Healing Initiative, is to support the community of both scientists and healers that are discovering how powerful the nature of our vibration is for our own self-healing and to heal others. So we have a community to basically help support those findings, help people learn about the real science behind the power of vibration um, and what we call the biofield, and also to help support the research and really scale it so that we can bring healing more readily into self-care and into healthcare. That sounds amazing. Well, it's right up, right up my alley. It makes me, you know, when I was in Egypt, they had this place and they said it was, I think it was called Saqqara. And um, they said, this is where the, uh, they had the, uh, their medicine, like this was their hospital. So they said, go to this wall and stick your head in the wall and you're going to feel a vibration and said, you don't need to meditate or be spiritual or do anything. You just stick your head in this wall. So obviously we're going to do it. And they had all of these, it was like a square and then it indented and it was a square indented to, to a square, right? In this big, huge wall. So when you would go in, you could literally feel the vibration of something. It was resonating. And so when we were there with all these scientists, they talk about resonance and maybe the pyramids were electrical generators and things like that. We know we're electrical beings. And so obviously the biofield and things like that are important. So um, can you put that in layman's tools, uh, words like uh, what's what's the biofield? How do we connect to it? Like, is it music, sound therapy, um, like different waves? Like, how do you how do you? Yeah, um... absolutely. I mean, in a nutshell, biofields are sets of, you know, different kinds of fields, some that we can measure, some that we can't um, that guide our health and healing. We, when we study the biofield, we start learning that we're incredibly connected. So whether we're talking about cell to cell communication, like we can study the biofield of cells and we do, we know that we can manipulate the electromagnetic aspects of cells. You know, we can manipulate voltage gradients across cell membranes and grow new tissue. That's mainstream work that's being done in biofield science at Tufts University, for example. But we can also look at the biofields between people. We can even look at the biofields between us and the earth. And what we're learning is when we study these subtle aspects of biofields that ancients have called prana, chi, you know, by many names, this subtle energy that we also emit and that we can feel, working with those subtle aspects of the biofield also foster healing. So we can work with sound, we can work with light. There's lots of devices out there that are, you know, kind of looking at that and some really powerful things that are happening. But we can also work internally with our own energy like we do in Qigong, yoga, you know, Tai Chi. And we can learn how to work with the biofield of another person the way healers do in traditions all over the world for millennia, whether it's laying on of hands, whether it's the new kinds of practices like Reiki, therapeutic touch, healing touch, pranic healing. There's so many practices. Ultimately, when we study the biofield in this way, we begin to realize that all of these healing practitioners, whether they practice laying on of hands, qigong, external qigong, another form, they're all saying the same thing, which is that the biofield is a bridge. It's a bridge between our consciousness 
and healing on the physical, emotional, mental, social, spiritual levels. So what that means is when healing practitioners are working with the biofield, yeah, they're like feeling energy around the body, right? They may feel stuck energy, they may feel stagnation, they may feel heat, they may feel all these things. So they work to basically help sense where there's an energy block or an issue but ultimately what they're really doing is they're allowing for that person's consciousness the person they're working with to be fully present so you can feel that you know when whenever we have like a stuck thought like we're familiar with thoughts right we have a stuck thought then you know we kind of have a sense wow you know when i ruminate about something over and over and i just think about it over and over like i'm in a stuck place and so i'm not really allowing my full spirit to shine through in the same way, when we work with something that needs to flow in the biofield, what we're allowing for is for the spirit actually to shine through more thoroughly. And this is what I've noticed, like it doesn't matter what healer I talk to, they all say the same thing. Maybe they see the field differently or they may feel it differently or they may have different techniques. But when you get right down to it, when you ask them, what is it that you're really doing? They'll say, I'm not a healer. I'm not doing the healing. The energy isn't coming from me. It's coming through me. And all I'm doing is acting as a conduit and a witness for this person to come into greater clarity with their spiritual nature, with their spiritual selves, whether they call that God, soul, spirit, nature, inner self, higher self. When I work with these biofields, I'm essentially allowing for that connection to take place more strongly so that the person is deeply connected with their spirit. And when they're deeply connected with their spirit, that's when healing really begins. And, and that's really why people say you are your best healer because it's really your spirit doing the healing. All the rest of these ways that we're exploring healing, it's really fascinating and it's really neat. But ultimately it just brings us back to ourselves. That's why my book is called Healing Ourselves biofield science and the future of health, because ultimately it all leads back to our own consciousness individually and collectively. Wow. Well, I love that. And the first thing it reminds me of is when I was in um, China, I was training with the Shaolin monks and they we were doing um, acupuncture, right? And they showed us the meridians that they had. And so we would practice Qigong and hard Qigong and things like that. Um, but for them, that was normal. This is like an ancient knowledge that they would use and pass down. And so when they're breaking the stones and brick, which were legit, uh, they were moving chi, they were moving energy or prana or however you want to say that. Um, but it took them years to cultivate that. And they also had hard qigong too, where they had conditioned the body to be able to do something that was pretty supernatural because there are some fakers out there. Um, and so yeah. that's not ideal. Um, but the healing aspect was, was really fascinating. And what I'm hearing and what it makes me think about is you're saying healing is inside out, right? There's the work of uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza talking about the placebo effect of like being able to heal your mind, uh, your body through your mind. And then you've got common sense things about what you eat and stuff like that. But ultimately your consciousness is going to be the thing that's going to lead the healing process, right? So you're going to have to, right. You're going to change what you eat. You're going to find solutions. You're going to, you know what I mean? It's, it's a spiritual process. So the more you're um, integrated and aware of who you are and what you're capable of, um, the more success you're going to have. And I just equate it like to my daughter, I, um, you know, she had a little cut, right. And I'm just telling her like your body knows how to heal itself, right. We're not telling it to stop the bleeding, you know what I mean? And, and, uh, you know, fix the wound and grow new skin. The body is doing that. So how do we get into alignment with that process and remove the impediments that prevent it from happening? Absolutely, Matt. And you know, you mentioned placebo. I actually dive really deeply into this in my book. I actually have a whole chapter that's called placebo equals heal or holistic elements that activate life force. Because what we know is that our views of placebo are totally outdated. And I get into this, you know, more deeply in the book with lots of different references. By the way, the book has over 700 peer reviewed published scientific references in it uh, because I'm a total data nerd, <laughs> um, but you know, I make it, I make it fun too, but I want people to know that there is actually a deep science behind it. And so what we learn is that placebo effects occur, not just with drugs like antidepressants and, and medications for pain, not just for holistic therapies like acupuncture, but also for things like surgery. We basically see, yeah, like really robust effects of placebo all the way down the line for any type of healing. And when we think about it, 
The issue is that we've had the idea of placebo totally backward. We used to design these trials to get rid of pesky placebo effects. And then we learned that these pesky placebo effects and natural history effects account for like 75% of the effects of antidepressants, for example. That's studies that come out of Harvard. Very rigorous, you know, carefully controlled systematic reviews of many, many studies showing this. Um, we also see that placebo effects are really robust, as I mentioned, in surgery. And we can even look at these different aspects of placebo responses like expectation, how much I think that I'm going to see benefit, conditioning, how much my body mind has received benefit from this therapy and is going to have a body memory more or less of, of the benefit. Like when I hop on a massage table, if I've had benefits from massage, my body's probably going to relax as soon as I get on the massage table, right? That's conditioning. There's ritual, which we know is huge. It's, it's a huge driver of our physiology. There's relationship, which is another huge driver. All of these things are present in any healing encounter. And what's cool is that we can actually recognize, again, that we are really doing the healing. The max effect that we're actually seeing are from these so-called you know, pesky variables, right? So all of these things that we've been trying to get rid of in our randomized controlled trials, it doesn't actually make sense to get rid of them. It makes sense to actually explore them scientifically and understand how powerful not just our mind, but our emotions, our connections are for our healing. It's really profound. In the third part of my book, which is called The Healing Keys, I actually give specific practices that we can do that basically leverage and, and utilize all of what we know behind things like placebo so that we can really harness powerful healing for ourselves. Because sometimes people are like, okay, well, where do I get started? Like, I'm seeing that there's all this data, there's data behind mind-body therapies like yoga, meditation, all kinds of different kinds of meditation, qigong, centering prayer, you know, so many practices. And, you know, if anyone checks out my book, you'll see that we actually have evidence at this point for someone healing another, that is, you know, what we call biofield healing or these energy medicine type practices, we're seeing effects of tumor shrinkage in mouse models of cancer from studies that are being conducted at MD Anderson Cancer Center. These are mainstream scientists conducting this research, very well seasoned. We're seeing effects all the way down to cytokine or immune transmitter levels, cell subsets, tumor shrinkage, tumor migration. So this is very real, right? Biofield healing is very real. The abilities for us to heal ourselves are very real. And so the next question is, okay, well, then what do I do, right? How do I do this? And, and so the third part of the book, The Healing Keys, really lays out that process. That's incredible. Well, I'm going to want you to go into that process, but I want to bring up a few things <laughs> first because that's amazing. Um, I'm reminded of, well, I heard this, at, well, I read it in a book. Was it in like World War II, they started to, to mess with placebos for surgery and telling them they were, because they ran out of uh, the anesthetic. So they're saying, okay, uh, I don't know if you heard that. I think I read it in Dr. Joe's book, but uh, have you read that? Is that true? I have not read that, but I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, what's interesting is when you look at the systematic reviews, that have been done with surgery trials and there, you know, there, there are two different reviews that I know of one that looked at about 60 something studies another about 30 something studies that were only randomized controlled trials. They looked at different types of surgery across the board. And so, yeah, it was a situation where these people came into a clinical trial. They knew they were going to be randomized to two groups and that one of them might get what's called sham surgery. So you may ask what happens <laughs> in a sham surgery? Well, people are told they're going to get the surgery, they get an incision, they get anesthesia. So they're put under and they, you know, they get a little cut and then they come out of anesthesia and then they're told they get the surgery, they see the little scar, whatever. And then they go about, you know, their, their thing, they fill out some questionnaires on how they're doing, we track their medication use and different things like that. And what they found is that people that were getting the sham surgery in 51% of the trials, there was no significant difference between sham surgery and real surgery, which again speaks to the power of our consciousness. So this is where we say, you know, placebo, the idea of placebo is completely backwards because we thought placebo effects weren't real. They didn't have any real effect on people. They weren't really strong. 
you know, they only, there was only one brain pathway, all of that is turned on its head because placebo effects actually follow multiple neural pathways. It actually depends on our conditioning. I, I get into this really deeply in the book. They are powerful. Sometimes they're just as powerful as what we think the actual medicine is, like surgery or a drug, which we attribute all of our power to that medicine, right? But really the power is within us. And the medicine may be important, right? In some cases, the surgery actually shows really positive and strong benefit in some types of surgery. And it's not a but, but an and. <laughs> our consciousness is a major driver of healing effects. So these things can work together, whether you are taking supplements, whether you are taking a medication, whether you're you know, motivating yourself to eat certain foods, right? Your consciousness, your mindset, your belief in your ability to heal, like you said earlier, Matt, your ability to align with the natural healing process that's always taking place, not just in your body, but in your relationships, in your emotions, even in your mental state. Like that's what's so beautiful is, you know, we call this process in science, we call it salutogenesis. So maybe you've heard of the term pathogenesis, right? A lot of people know that term. It's the study of disease. And that's kind of how we've approached medicine. You know, in the last several hundred years, there is an invader, there is something outside of me that's causing me to be ill and I need to get rid of this invader, right? That's pathogenesis. Salutogenesis is the study of healing. And it's a completely different framework. It's actually coming from a cosmology that is very different from a pathogenic cosmology where we believe we're separate beings that aren't connected. Disease occurs because something outside of us causes us to feel ill and we need to get rid of it. You know, that's a big cosmology of separatism. And what we're learning from the science is that that cosmology is faulty. So we go back to the ancient teachings of so many spiritual and medical traditions, you know, in every culture, native medicine, African medicine, South American medicine, Indian medicine, Chinese medicine, Tibetan medicine. And they all had this cosmology of connectedness. They understood that we are all part of the fabric of greater consciousness. And so when we explore things like the biofield, that's part of the fabric of connection. These fields of energy and information are actually connecting us. That's why we can actually foster healing in another person, because we're actually not separate, right? Not only are our minds connected to our bodies, but our consciousness is connected with each other. And so simply by, you know, connecting in and sending someone healing light, you can actually have an impact on them. The data is suggesting that this is a this is very real. It's not make believe, but we have to kind of recognize what cosmologies we've been steeped in in our you know in our science in our education system. You know the media, like all these things, right? And then we have to make the conscious choice and say, is that really true? Like, what's my experience teaching me? And what's the data teaching me? I mean, that's why I wrote this book. Part of it was to share that there really is data behind this cosmology of connection. It's it's not just fluff. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, you know, I could listen to you all day. You deliver uh, incredible um, analogies and stories and facts, but also in a very like nice delivery, like almost like I could listen to it before bed and just enjoy the talk and learn about, you know, my body and biofield and the power of the mind is, is wonderful. Um, so you brought up so much stuff there. Like I was thinking about the Chicago, uh, meditation experiment, um, on crime where crime went down by 24% and the mayor's like, yeah, I think he's like, yeah, just do it. Like it can't hurt. Then it actually worked. And then the, uh, Ho'oponopono, um, apparently that guy did it with, uh, you know, psychiatric patients. And then they, you know, one at a time was able to, you know, get results. So I'm curious if you've studied that, but there's so many other things I want to ask too. Um, then I'm reminded of the, when two or more are gathered from the Bible, right. Two or more can heal, you know, our fellow man. So that makes sense. And then, uh, germ theory versus terrain theory with terrain theory yeah. makes a bit more sense where the body, you know, is equipped to handle everything. It's, you know, this incredible thing that, you know, it can handle anything. So as long as you, you know, don't poison it and, and, you know, direct your consciousness, you can do amazing things. And then this goes into the last and most important thing I want to bring up was the power of expectation. It seems like what you're talking about, right? With this placebo, they expect to heal that they expect to get that result. And, 
um, from a, an athletic background, expectation is so important, right? To execute on what you want to do at the highest level um, in extreme sports so you don't get harmed because you can get harmed. And, you know, even in team sports, so you perform at the highest level, you need to expect to be able to be your best to perform, to make the move happen. And that's going to give you a much higher probability of success, not a hundred percent success, but a much, much higher probability. And it just makes me think we've been conditioned to not expect, you know, um, the best for ourselves, the healing or whatever It's like, Oh, this is going to work. And then it doesn't work. Right. So how do we implant that, um, expectation with, with the right inputs. And so, um, I'd love for you to speak on any of that, but also maybe talk about some of the tools. Cause I'm curious, I've seen a lot on sound therapies and light therapies or Qigong or special practices, and there's many avenues for the same thing. So I'm curious if you've come across stuff that you you find are a little bit more valid or uh, supported by science. Yeah, wow, so much goodness here to talk about. So let's address some of these last things. First of all, you mentioned devices. I want folks to know, um, if you go to my page to check out the endorsements of the book, check out what the book is about, um, one of the bonuses that I'm offering is actually an, a free ebook, which is all on biofield devices. Basically, everything that you'd ever want to know about the different kinds of devices that are working with electromagnetic fields or subtle fields for healing. That includes non-invasive brain stimulation, light, sound, vibration, all of that. You know, I wrote that actually for part of the book, and then of course, Sounds True Publications came back and they said, "Shamini, this is like an ebook. It's seventy-five pages. Twenty-five pages of those are references." And I was like, "Well, you know, I'm a researcher. What do you expect?" You know, so I've offered that as a free gift for um, for everyone who you know purchases the book. And so when you go to healingourselvesbook.com, you'll see that and a bunch of other bonuses. So that is a very rich science, and the upshot is what I would say about devices. Yes, there is data behind some of them. There's not as much data as we would like behind a lot of them. And, you know, use your common sense here. One of the things that I'm very passionate about is helping people realize that you really are your best healer. So if you're being like, just open your eyes and see whether people are sort of marketing to you from a fear base, Um, because if they are and they're making you feel like you're never going to get well unless you use this device and they're making all kinds of claims, but there's not really any data to substantiate them and they're making claims across the board for like this works for everything, I would be a little skeptical. Having said that, there, um, there are a lot of devices that are helpful and you know, some of these companies are small, so they don't have hundreds or millions of dollars to invest in research. Definitely ask people about devices. Um, if you're interested in, in them, ask the company if they would give you references. You know, there are a lot of things you can do to make sure that you, you know, you're working with a device. But remember, these devices are really meant to, again, realign your system so that you reacquaint yourself with your best healer, which is yourself. And mind-body practices Um, in my view, from the data that we have, are incredibly effective at the self-healing process. I mean, we talk about the vagus nerve. Let's just get really specific, right? There are devices out there around vagal nerve stimulation. For those who have not heard of the vagus, it's the biggest cranial nerve in our body. It's the governor of what we call the rest and digest system of our body, the parasympathetic nervous system. So yeah, you can get a device to stimulate the vagus, but you can also breathe and it's free and it's just as effective so you know but if you're into devices no harm right just know that you can do this on your own there's lots of things you can do so check out that free ebook because you know i think there's there's just a great amount of information in there that you'll find helpful with really practical advice let's talk about this question of expectation it comes up a lot in healing and performance you know all of this why is it if placebo is showing us that I have the power to heal myself or I have the power to, you know, think my way through something, which is how a lot of people interpret placebo, then why doesn't it work all the time, right? It's the million dollar question. So in my model of placebo, where I talk about it as being, we have to flip it. Because if we understand that what placebo is telling us is it's the power of our consciousness then instead of going straight to expectation first, which is the conscious mind, right? The cogitating thinking mind, the one that pays attention, the one that's out in the world constantly thinking, that's part of the mind, right? But there are other aspects of the mind. You know, a lot of us think about the collective unconscious, the subconscious, all of these things. 
So if we actually start with harnessing what we call heal effects, holistic elements that activate life force, and we actually start with consciousness itself, that means the first thing that we do is we ground in presence. Okay, we ground in presence and we make sure that we're like fully connected. We're connected in our bodies. We're connected with our breathing. We're connected with the earth. And there are other practices that we can do, which, you know, I share in the book and and are in many, many different spiritual traditions to help us reacquaint with the spirit first, because what happens when we do that is all of the sort of subconscious patterning that may be getting in the way of our conscious expectations, having their realization, they start to spin off. So let me explain what I mean here. We go in, we have a goal you know, whatever that goal is, like, you know, I want to place, you know, with this particular timing in the marathon or something, right? And I'm going to think myself through it, right? And I'm going to like, I'm going to just focus on that. That's beautiful. And if you haven't had the opportunity to explore whether there may be some sort of subconscious, something that you're not fully aware of that may be holding back the power of that conscious expectation, essentially what it is, is it's bound energy in your field. Okay, so when you do spiritual practice that leads you back to yourself, you have awareness of some of these, some people may call them traumatic events, some people may call them just conditioned habit patterns. In in Vedic tradition, we call these sanskaras. They're, you know, they're just like basically habit patterns or conditioning that are held in the field that don't allow our consciousness to fully expand into our waking state. Okay, so our consciousness becomes limited by these habit patterns that impede the flow of of energy in our field, quite frankly. So when we work on this bioenergetic level and the spiritual level, we're able to sort of spin off all of those habit patterns that we don't need anymore. All of those vasanas, all of those, you know, sanskars, we kind of spin them off because our soul's light is, you know, is getting more powerful and it's able to sort of come through. What happens then is we get really super clear on our desires we know where they're coming from. They're not coming from a wounded place. They're coming from a place of deep, connected spiritual desire. And then all of a sudden, these expectations, these ideas, this mindset that we have, the power really comes forth because we're uniting our energy with our mental state. In the Tibetan traditions, it was said that the vital force, which we can describe as part of the biofield, right? It's our vital energy, our prana, our chi. The vital horse is like, I mean, sorry, the vital force is like a blind horse. It has a lot of power, but it can't see. It has no direction. It's all over the place, right? So, and this is, you know, this is what happens when we're not in touch with that vital force and we haven't, we're not guiding it, right? Through a mind-body process, then we're sort of scattered. The mind in the Tibetan tradition, they described as a lame rider meaning it has some vision, it knows where it wants to go, but it actually has no power. So when we engage in things like martial arts and these other mind-body practices, we're uniting the mental with the vital. That's where the quote magic comes from because by uniting the spiritual and the vital force with the mental, we now have the power to carry out what we wanna see in the world, whatever manifestation that is. But if we're just sort of in our heads, and we're kind of like, I want to think my way through this. We don't really have as much power. We literally don't have the energy to carry it forward. So I describe some practices in the book that help us really unite the vital force with our deep desires so that we can really see our healing, you know, expectations bear fruit. That's amazing. I absolutely love all that. Uh, you know, I want to ask you because I'd be very curious your opinion on it. Um, you know, we think about the limits of human potential. If somebody is uh, sick, they're not thinking about that yet, right? They're thinking about how do I get better? So for them to heal themselves, that's a miracle in itself. And I know of many guests that have been on the show and many people in real life that were able to heal themselves through basically a consciousness shift. And I love how you talked about connecting to spirit because that's the most important and fundamental thing anybody can do ever always. There's nothing more important than having a connection with yourself 
uh, and whatever the creator is for you, whatever spirit is, whatever thing is, when you go to sleep, it wakes your butt up and it makes sure you don't die because you keep breathing. Whatever that is to you, you need to get right with that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the most important and powerful uh, thing you can do. So I love that. And when I go into and I look and say, okay, well, what's the limits to human potential, right? So I'm looking at law of attraction and stuff and visualization. And I know it works. I know visualization works for sports and all these other things and for healing um, because I've tested it and I've tested on others and it always gets a result. Um, but then you got this a bit of gap when it, when you're trying to like do a, you know, whatever your dream life might be, right? Like a lot of people think it's always money, right? And the way that I've done that in one simple strategy is what is the thing that you want? Right. Because when you reverse it, if you want, like for me, I wanted to snowboard every day for myself, um, you know, live in a nice place and do all these things. And I checked it off and I did it without money. I did it. You know, I figured out what I wanted. Then I applied visualized to visualization and it happened. But there was a duration of time. So I'd be curious um, your thoughts on on techniques for for that, because I feel like people are always like, I just want this big wad of cash. But yeah, you got it. Yeah, you got it, Matt, because it's really about getting behind the desire and understanding what what's behind the desire. And actually, if you get behind a desire and then you ask again, what's behind that desire and you get behind it and you ask what that desire is, it ends up usually being, you know, actually it leads you back to your spirit because ultimately, and there's nothing wrong, by the way, with wanting any of these things. We live in the world and we want things. And that's part of the nature of being human is that we have desire. When we are desireless, they say we're fully liberated, right? A lot of traditions say that, but we don't have to feel bad about having desire. But when we get right underneath it, we find that it's usually a desire to feel safe, a desire to feel connected, a desire to feel loved. You know, that's ultimately what's behind most of our desires, whether it's money or fame or, you know, a nice house or, you know, all these things, right? We desire these things that are fundamentally actually part of our birthright of being human. So I'm going to say that again, the desires that we have are actually part of our fundamental birthright for being human. So what's wild? is that if we get all the way into our desire and we say, you know what, fundamentally, what I really want is I wanna feel loved and accepted. And then we go, what I ask people to do actually is go to that feeling. So once you know what it is, you not, not even the thing, but go with the feeling. And if you don't want to go all the way to love and acceptance, you know, fine. It's like, no, man, I want to go snowboarding on Mammoth, you know, this winter. That's what I want to do. And I say, okay, well, if this is what you want, like you want to make that happen, you again, you're going to connect your vital energy, the energy of your desire with that desire. How are you going to feel when you're on Mammoth Mountain? Not that you want to go on Mammoth Mountain, but like, how does that feel? Go to it right now. Go to it right now. Feel it. What does that feel like, right? Then bring that image to mind. And you're like, you're already there. So when you're already there, you're basically already creating that reality for you. And and that's how the desire can actually, you know, for, a lot of my friends don't like the, <laughs> the law of attraction. It's probably not something we want to get into right now. But basically, when you get linked in with the energy, the real actual energy and spirit behind your desire, that's where you start to see the manifestation really happen. Uh, wow. Well, that was a very brilliant way to educate on that power. You know, I feel like fundamentally you have to be clear on where you, you steer it. And so when I went down, you know, the law of attraction rabbit hole and, you know, I like to go all the way down anything that's going to promise me like, you know, performance or accelerated consciousness or expanded consciousness, whatever the case may be, I'm going to try it. And one of the things I noticed was it was always about some sort of material object, never about the essence of who you are. Yeah. Right. That, that's so, the issue that a lot of my friends have with it is it was very like dumbed down in a way. It only took us so far. Yeah. But when you can connect to who you are, then I think it's also our birthright to create it. Right. Because it's not so much about what you acquire. Like if you want to be a brilliant artist, painter, entrepreneur, uh, you know, how do you want to live your life? And that's, you know, when I'm working with people, you know, I went through a process that I, that I, take a lot of people through called the quantum heart hypnosis and all of the it's designed to do is make you go into your heart that's it just stop answering with this because your mind uh, only it, it's thinking about survival how am i going to eat well if i do that well how will i eat like how will i be safe how will i be secure you're not you're not connected to the other side of you which is infinite and uh, has unlimited potential 
It's a much more powerful place to be in. It's like, yeah, we'll figure out food. Trust me, we'll figure out the money part. That's not an issue. Um, you know, we want to get connected to who you are so you can live a, a brilliant and powerful life by your own design from your authentic place, you know, who you really are. And, you know, when you talked about the desires and uh, when I was with the Tibetan monks in Nepal, I asked them, I said, I wrote a book, Zen Athlete. I have a desire to um, sell lots of copies, like 100,000 or something. I just made up a number. I never got close to that. Um, maybe one day something will happen, you know. But uh, they said, that's not desire. And I said, why not? I was like, I'm desiring it. He goes, yeah, but it's not for you. You want the book to help people. You want to help kids. I was like, yeah. I was like, oh, okay, interesting. So it's like this authentic part of you right? Yes. It's what you authentically want to do. It's who you mm -hmm. really are when you, you know, sh uh, get away from the fears and all the other things. And so that's where my next question, and I'll just give you a heads up. We have 10 minutes left because I know you have a hard stop. Yeah. Um, how do we remove fear and remove trauma and remove those limitations? Because that's the big thing, right? Always, even when I did it with sports, nine times out of 10, when I was teaching somebody how to do a backflip, had nothing to do with their physical ability. It had to do with the fear of it going upside down. And if you mess it up, you're really going to get hurt, right? It's more of a mental battle than anything. It's actually not that complicated a trick. So, you know, you have to get over fear. You have to get over a limitation. And then um, for people who want to create in the world, they want to get over trauma because it, it's like a repeating tape in their head. Yeah. Right? And so from what you've learned, how do we uh, move to a yeah. more empowered mindset? There are so many practices and perspectives on trauma, especially now. It's cool in a way that trauma has become the buzzword of our times for good reason. And it's been a long time coming. And there is life beyond trauma and the way that we get to you know kind of move beyond fear and trauma is to first embrace it right so we have to embrace it for what it is we have to not run away from it we can't run away from our fears or our anxieties but paradoxic paradoxically when we begin to be able to have the reserves and we can get those reserves through things like mind body practices healing practice connection you know this is all part of the healing keys in that third part of the book when we expand our consciousness to recognize that i can watch my fear and anxiety and i am actually more than that i can hold it right when we're resourced enough and our energy is full enough and strong enough and we're connected with our spirit enough to notice and hold that fear and that trauma paradoxically it begins to shift and this is actually an energy phenomenon. Now, I do work with many different energy healers. We just did a study, actually, which we're writing up for publication now, looking at the effects of distant sound healing for anxiety when people were basically sheltering in place and they couldn't go out to get services. These people had met criteria for generalized anxiety disorder. And we found after three sessions of getting sound-based healing with the biofield, they dropped to levels where they were no longer diagnosable. Okay, how does that work? How did sound healing do that? Well, in this case, the healers, healing practitioners were actually using sound to tune into the biofield and again, began to move those energetic patterns, help bring people to realization that they were more than their anxiety. And by helping them open and expand their consciousness and expand their sense of their own energy, they it wasn't that their anxiety just completely went away it was that they realized that they were more than their anxiety that anxiety comes and goes like everything because everything is impermanent and trauma is very real and yet trauma is something that happens in a certain time and space and then we can there's a magic that happens to that because while we can never release that that trauma happened what we can release is that that traumatic pattern no longer has a hold on us and so the way we do that is through dedicated practice, whether you want to call it spiritual practice, mind-body practice. There are so many practices that have an evidence base, including energy healing, including meditation, even some forms of yoga, breathing exercises, psychotherapy, right? These are all ways that can help support us as we move through the trauma practice. And the more centered and grounded we are in our own spirit, in our own energy, the more we actually move beyond that, so to speak, right? It's just not the totality of who we are. I, I love that example. And one of the ways I've kind of phrased it for people and from 
looking at a variety of techniques, it's like the experience happened, but the charge isn't there in a simple way. It's like an Instagram filter. Let's just say it's a horrible one, right? So you have this trauma and it's repeating and it's always this Instagram filter where as you navigate life, there are so many triggers to bring that up. So it's how you make decisions, how you perceive people. And when you heal the trauma through a variety of tech, techniques a variety of different ways um you know and there's no like one perfect way just like with martial arts there's no one perfect way one perfect perfect punch it's a it's a practice it's an engagement so all you need is that honest intent with yourself and your spirit and the creator say look i'm struggling with this trauma or whatever like show me a, a practice or something and you'll find something that works and you might experiment but the idea is that it doesn't have that same charge Right. Yeah, so it's yeah. still there, but that filter isn't coming up, skewing now your future decisions because of this past experience. Yeah. And, you know, we can share just a really quick practice that we can use all the time. Even um, if we do other practices, they're great because sometimes when we notice what's happening in the moment, it's a really powerful thing to uh, just hold space and allow that to move through our field, like literally move through our body, move the charge out of our body, move the charge out of our field. So let's say all of a sudden something's happening and I notice all of a sudden I'm just feeling funky. Maybe I don't even know what I'm feeling. I'm just like, like I'm not, not, something's not right. You Seems know? like your, your natural <laughs> character. <laughs> right? All of us have this, right? So it's like, that filter is up. What the hell just happened? I don't know what just happened. Um, okay, let me take a minute. Let me take an inhale. And then let me exhale really slowly. Just for like eight seconds. Exhaling out of my mouth. And I'm going to do this a few times. And what's happening with me physiologically is I'm decreasing increasing that sympathetic arousal that's got it, getting me kind of panicked or keyed up. And I'm increasing that rest and digest healing aspect of my nervous system that actually expands my awareness. So I can be like, I need a second. I'm going to take a long exhale. What's going on? What's going on? Okay, now where am I feeling it? Oh, I feel some tightness in my chest. Okay, so I'm going to put my hands there. And I'm just going to do a few breathing breaths again. I'm going to inhale and then I'm going to slowly exhale. You would be amazed if you do that five times, that minute of practice will completely transform your day. It's really that simple. Just go to the breath, take the long exhales, come back to your body, release the charge. That's, you know, easy, easy fear interrupt pattern right there. <laughs> Yeah. You know, I a hundred percent agree with that. When I'm coaching a lot, often what I'll do is teach people to recognize it. So just get a band. And so when you notice that that's what your consciousness and free will comes in. So you can then, right. Cause the body's automatically doing it. It's kind of like the monkey animal mind. It's like, no, your consciousness, you, you train yourself to overcome that, right. Is it necessary? If it's not necessary to be in that state, you now have the choice to change it, to feel a bit more peaceful. Right. And you can do that. So you first become aware and then just do a little bit of breathing. I just say three deep breaths or whatever you want to do. Um, you'll you'll diminish the charge. And now if we move through that like uh, emotional field through our life, we're not holding on to these charges of anger, resentment. And it's not like anything can set us off. You know, that you got that person that anything just sets them off because they haven't mastered that that little bit of space that they have that awareness to say, oh, I'm in anger. Is this necessary right now? You know what I mean? Or could I be at peace? right with this with the same scenario so it's yeah. uh, incredibly it's wild powerful. and you can feel the charge leave you yeah. know matt it's like if knowledge is power then self-knowledge is wisdom right mm -hmm. so when we do these types of practices again we're just coming back to that deeper aspect of ourselves so we can truly move from a wise place an embodied place and a joyful place because that's who we really are I love it. Well, I wish I could ask you questions all day. I know you got to get running. So where can people uh, find you, your book and get it and learn more? Cause this has been wonderful. I'm sure a lot of people are going to want to check it out. Yeah, you bet. Well, um, the book go to healing So that's all one word healing which will also take you to my website. But the reason I ask people to go there is because I'm offering a lot of really cool free bonuses for people that purchase the book with videos with Bruce Lipton and Greg Braden and Deepak Chopra and free meditations and that free ebook I mentioned on biofield devices. So go there and also check out our nonprofit. 
the Consciousness and Healing Initiative. We have free webinars and free Ask Me Anything sessions with leading healers and scientists in the space. It's totally free. People can join at any time. That website is chi.is, Consciousness and Healing Initiative, or chi, C-H-I dot I-S, chi dot is. Um, and yeah, connect in with the community. We've got a lovely group of, of folks that come and help empower each other. That's amazing. Well, I appreciate you and your work. This is, this is uh, you know, all this stuff I've studied for a long time and you came in with the, the PhD background and the science and the research and all that kind of stuff. So I really appreciate your work and, and uh, invite the audience to check it out and support because it's, it's beautiful and, and it's real, it works. And I feel like this is where we need to move as far as evolution, because when you're connected to your power and you have a strong, healthy body and a strong, healthy spirit, that's where peace comes from. That's where creation comes from. That's where harmony comes from. All the disease and fear and all the madness comes from separation and fear and all these lower states. So I appreciate you and your work and thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, thank you, Matt. It's a pleasure. Take care. All right. See you later. Thanks, guys. Peace. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen, the absolutely amazing Dr. Shamini Jane. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. I invite you to check out her website and her book. Uh, I loved her her knowledge and her energy and her intention. It was a really uh, well-rounded episode, and I'm just so excited to have more and more amazing uh, people just talk about the cutting edge of health and healing and mindset and possibility in a world where um, you know we're really being uh, threatened and conditioned and feared into trying to make us believe that we are not powerful creators, that our bodies are not powerful, that our consciousness is not powerful. All of that couldn't be further from the truth. So I appreciate her. If you want to support this show, please share this episode as far and as wide as you can. If you have a blog, if you've got social media, um, just share it out there because this is the only way that these episodes are getting out is by you sharing. If you want to go a step further and leave a review in iTunes, that helps. And to join the membership at mattbelair.com, become a member. You can do so for free or by donation. Um, there's a few donation links on there, but uh, if you want to do it for free, just hit me up, matt at zenathlete.com. Happily help you out. And if you're looking for training and resources, check out the Soul Compass course and the Quantum Heart Hypnosis. And if you're looking for a, a, another step further, you're really ready to just take that next leap and you want to be around like-minded community, a safe space, a powerful place with accountability and tools and training, um, I invite you, you can join the Atomic Alchemy group as my guest. Um, and you know, you can be around like-minded community who are all working towards living our life purpose, uh, growing our connection with spirit and, uh, you know, living up to our highest potential and, 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 uh, living our Dharma, you know, who we came here to be in a very powerful way that supports our, our community and also ourselves. And so if that sounds interesting to you again, just Matt, Matt at zenathlete.com and would love to hear from you. So that's it. Uh, thank you so much for coming on this journey. Uh, let's wrap it up by coming into a state of peace and coherence. Wherever you are in this world, just stop what you're doing. Take in a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath and let it out slowly, filling every cell, muscle, and fiber of your being with peace, joy, contentment, enthusiasm, power, faith, courage, and get ready to enjoy the rest of your day. So thank you so much for listening, and I will see you in the next episode.